0: Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church Now here's this week's message. So James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4. They say this, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. All right, so right off the bat, it's um, the first statement is a difficult statement for us to accept, isn't it? Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. I kind of touched a little bit on that last week, that the fact that that word count, it kind of, it's, having I mean, those count is an accounting kind of word. That means that that we have to actually, the trials that we go through, that there is a way, now listen, there is a way that we can put the trials, the adversities that we go through, rather than putting them in our credit column. In, in other words, something that takes away from us that trials and adversity can be a debit. It can be a blessing in our life that we can find joy in the trials and the adversities that we, that we go through. But to understand how that works, because on the face of it, how many knows on the face of it, that doesn't make sense. It goes against conventional wisdom, doesn't it? That, you know, we don't usually count it all joy when we go through trials and adversity. Um, so we've got we've to look deeper into this passage and figure out how is it, how can it be that we can find joy in trials and in an adversity in our life. So let's, let's look at it. Let's ask these three questions of interpretation that we dealt with that I kind of introduced to you a couple of weeks ago that we're going to ask these three interpretive questions Of each passage that we go over in the book of James. First of all, let's let's ask, what does this passage say? That's where we're just defining words and we're kind of getting an understanding of what the passage actually says. And so I've given you a couple of questions there for us to get at what this passage says. First of all, what what brothers in this passage is James addressing in these verses? Say it again. Believers. believers, that's right. So remember we got that from the context of what we talked about in verse number one. James is talking to who? He's talking to Jewish believers in particular, but he's talking to Christians in in general. So that word there for brothers, it is sort of the generic greeting for all of the Christians that he is addressing. It's it's masculine, it's brothers, but how many is how, how many understands that it's the generic address? It is, in other words, it could be brothers and sisters. Our world's gotten a little bit crazy when it comes to um, inclusive language and gender language and how many, you know, uh, about pronouns and all of that stuff. Um, But listen, in the Bible, when when you read mankind, it's talking about humankind. And a lot of places where it says man, it's talking about men and women. And here where it says brothers, it's not just talking about men, it's talking about brothers and sisters. So he is addressing the Christians that he has already addressed the entire uh, um, letter to. So it's the brothers and sisters, it's Christians in general, those Jewish believers, in particular, that he's he's writing this letter to. Now, what what did we learn last time about these Christians that he's writing to? They were um, they were what scattered. scattered. That's right. They were scattered throughout um, the, these different regions, and this is key for for this passage anyway. These verses. Why were they scattered? Why were these Jewish believers scattered into the different regions? It was because of, remember, it was because of persecution. They were, they were being persecuted, and so they had been scattered. Remember, James is the pastor of the church in Jerusalem primarily, so it was just primarily a Jewish church. But when, um, when we learned from the book of Acts, when we went through the book of Acts, that when persecution broke out against the Jews, Jewish Christians in Jerusalem, they scattered from Jerusalem. So um, so this is important. These Christians that James is talking about, these brothers and sisters, they're scattered through the region and they're scattered because of persecution. They're undergoing uh, persecution. So uh, the next question then is kind of a follow-up question uh, or related to that anyway. What sorts of, when he says when you meet trials of various kinds. So what kind of trials of various kinds do you think James might have in mind in particular for these brothers and sisters, these Christians? How about persecution, right? (laughs) And so he's he's, uh, talking primarily about persecution when you encounter trials that are related to the persecution that you are going through now that's it's important because he's addressing a particular kind various kinds of trials and tribulations but trials and tribulations of a particular kind of stripe and it's related to the persecution that they were enduring as as Christians so I think that that's important for us as we go forward we'll see that more in just a second because he's not talking about he's not necessarily talking about every kind of problem or every kind of trial that a believer um, can can ex, uh, can experience it, it, so in particular let's just bring it down to 21st century um, Americans um, if you don't find a parking place at the mall that you want, how many knows that's not a that's not a trial uh, of your faith, right? It's important because we, we tend to link, when we say various kinds of trials and tribulations, I mean, we could put a lot of stuff in that bucket, couldn't we, you know? Um, you know, we didn't get the parking place we wanted. Lord, I'm going through. The devil is really attacking me today because, you know, they didn't have my flavor of soda in uh, the drink machine. So I mean, he's not really talking about every single thing that can go wrong in your life. He's, he's, he's talking about um, those kind of trials that are related to the persecution that we encounter because we are believers in Jesus Christ. So here's another way to think of it. He's, he's talking about trials and tribulations that are, that are not self-inflicted trials and tribulations. I mean, in, um, besides just the kind of petty stuff that we go through that we sometimes, l- l- sometimes we cause a lot of problems in our own life, right? A lot of the things that we do, the decisions we make, choices that we make, we cause problems in our own life. We suffer the consequences of our own bad choices and our own bad actions. Now let me say this, thankfully God is merciful and God is kind and aren't you glad that sometimes he even alleviates the consequences of the things that we do to ourselves because he's merciful and he's kind. But here he's talking primarily about those kind of trials, those kind of things that we encounter as Christians that are not self-inflicted trials, it's not things we've done to ourselves. It's not petty things that happen to us as believers. He's talking about tribulation trials that are visited upon us because of our faith in Jesus Christ, because of our testimony as believers um, in Christ. Um, is it 1 Peter or 2 Peter? I think it's 1 Peter references this as well when it talks about suffering. And it, and it talks about the different kinds of suffering that sometimes people suffer for a good. And it says, you know, that you're blessed when you suffer for good purpose, good reasons, but but not so much when you suffer for what is evil. If you do something that is evil and wrong and you suffer for it, then how many knows you, you kind of deserve that, right? I mean if you're if you're breaking the speed limit and the cop stops you, policeman stops you and gives you a ticket, how many knows? Uh, that doesn't mean you're suffering for Jesus because you got a ticket if you broke the speed limit, right? No, you're suffering because you did something wrong. You broke the law. Well, that's, that's what's at stake here in the book of James. James is talking to these Christians, brothers and sisters, that have been scattered because of persecution. And he says, and in fact, um, it, it bears out a little bit uh, in, the, in the text itself when he says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. So, in other words, he's saying, you know, you've been scattered because of persecution, and as you are scattered and as you are going through this persecution, um, he said, when you encounter trials as a result of the persecution that has come upon you, count it all joy. So, it's a specific kind of, um, kind of trials that that James is referring to. He's not talking about self-inflicted trials, petty things. He's talking about things that we encounter, that come across. We don't go looking for trouble. It's trials that we encounter because of the persecution that comes upon us because we are believers in Jesus Christ. All right, next question then. What does it say? What, is, what does the word steadfastness mean? Well, I've given you a definition. This is straight from... I forget which one it is, Merriam-Webster's or dictionary.com. Here's a definition of steadfast. Can y'all read that? Let me read it for you. It can mean fixed in direction, steadily directed, so oriented in a certain direction, fixed in that direction, firm in purpose, resolution, faith or attachment. Uh, Number three, unwavering as resolution or faith, adherence uh, to something, so not wavering from anything. Number four, firmly established as an institution or a state of affairs. Or number five, firmly fixed in place or position. So steadfastness means to remain firmly fixed in a place or a position, oriented in a certain direction, or or resolved to a certain um, faith or adherence. Okay, so then let's move on then to and ask the question about this passage. Okay, so what does it mean? How do we put these pieces together and get at what the meaning of these verses are? First of all, what why are the trials that James describes here? Why does he say that these trials are? And remember, it's a particular kind of trials. Why does he say that these trials are beneficial to us? That they that they're, they have joy. Do what for growth, for growth exactly? How do, how do we grow? Day by day. Day by day. Practice. That's good by practice. That's good, I like that. How are these trials beneficial to us? He said these these trials are beneficial to us because they they do what? They test our faith. These trials that we encounter are beneficial to us because they test our faith. That is, that they prove our faith. Now, I've said this many times before in other In other messages, I want to repeat it again tonight because I think it's very important. Uh, God does test us as believers. He does not tempt us. God does test our faith. But there's something very important that we have to understand about the testing that we go through as believers. God tests us not in order that we would fail, but God tests us in order that we would succeed, amen? So the testing that we go through is always designed to improve us, to help us to grow day by day. The trials that we go through, the things that we encounter are designed by God to help our faith to get stronger, to improve to grow. And so James says that the trials that we go through in life, these particular kinds of trials, are beneficial to us because they are opportunities that God uses to test our faith, to grow our faith, to improve our faith. So that's important because the trials themselves are not necessarily good. Because None of us like to go through trials no. and adversity, right? So, so it's not the trials are good. What makes the trials good? It's in their capacity to help us grow and for our faith to get stronger, right? It's like sharp, sharpening a sword. That's exactly right. It's, that it's like, did y'all hear that? He said it's like sharpening a sword. The, the hard things that we go through in life— Sharpen us and and make us better. Amen. Yes. To build our muscles. uh, To build our faith muscles. Exactly. That we don't get stronger unless we're struggling against something. So the trials that we struggle against grow our faith muscles. Yes. Miss Thelma. Amen, amen. I I like that. When we go through tests, it gives us a testimony, doesn't it? That's exactly right. All right. So so these trials are good, not because the trials themselves are good. Nobody likes trials. Nobody likes to go through adversity. They're good in that they have the capacity to grow our faith, strengthen us, and to and to help us. Um, improve. And then, so he says, James says here, and then the testing of our faith then produces what? What's the result of the testing of our faith? It's steadfastness. It's back to that word. The more more our faith is tested, the stronger it becomes. And so the better, the, the more able we are to remain steadfast, firm, in our faith so when adversity comes against us and trials come against us it strengthens our muscles and enables us to be able to stand and to not waver and to not be moved by the things that we encounter uh, in in life then James says something that I find very interesting here you know, I want to ask you this question tonight he says so The trying of our faith, the testing of our faith produces steadfastness. And then he says, and let steadfastness have its full effect so that you might be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Let me ask you tonight, um, what do you think it means? How is it possible to let steadfastness have its full effect? That's what I'm asking you. Yeah, <laughs> Remember, because steadfast, <laughs> steadfastness means what now? Staying put, right? Fixed in a place, fixed in, uh, in a, a position, oriented in a certain direction. So I, I think this, this is a little bit of a, I shouldn't say a trick question because it's Scripture, but we have to think about this. How does steadfastness have its full effect? Staying prayed up. I think that's the key word is staying, right? That's good. <laughs> the, the way that steadfastness has its full effect. Here's, here's the thing. There's nothing you can add to steadfastness in order for it to have its full effect, what do you have to do? You just have to stay. And you have to stand. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, you remember that verse? It says, and when you have done everything to stand, what? Stand. So, how does steadfastness have its full effect? It's, it's through endurance. Just endurance. Endurance just when you've done everything to stand, you stand. When when trials come and you're rooted in a certain place, you don't let those trials move you or knock you out of that position. You just stand and you remain. So there's, there's nothing you do that causes steadfastness to have its full effect other than just staying. Well, remaining. like a tree roots in the water, and the more you, pray, you get stronger and stronger and stronger. That's exactly right. And the Bible says that the righteous person is like a what? Is like a tree who sends forth its roots, right? And it just it just remains and the storms come and it just stays. It doesn't waver. It doesn't move. It's steadfast. So what does how is it possible to let steadfastness have its full effect? You just endure, you remain, and, and you stand, okay? So then the next question, let's bring this, start bringing this home. How do these following verses then help us to understand what it means to be steadfast, to just stand, and to remain? Let's, there's many more, but I've just picked out three of them tonight. How about this one? Colossians chapter 1 verses 21 through 22. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, became a minister. What is Paul saying in that passage? He's saying Jesus Christ has changed your life. You have believed on Jesus Christ and now remain steadfast in that faith. Don't waver in your belief Uh, in the gospel. How about 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith and act like men. Be strong. Be strong. Act like men. And then, finally, Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. I like this one in particular. Therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for my joy and my crown, stand firm thus in the the lord my beloved what does it mean to stand fast it means to not to not to waver in our faith or in our belief but to be strong in the midst of adversity and trials not to be moved by those things but above all what are we standing fast in or let me ask it this way who are we standing fast in we're standing that's exactly right we're standing fast in the Lord. There's a certain philosophy called Stoicism that was actually popular during this time when James wrote this epistle. Stoicism says, well, you know, you just, when adversity comes, trials come and difficulty come, you just face it with a, with a um, set jaw and you endure it and eventually you get, Get better. Listen, stoicism is just enduring trials and standing firm in trials, but it has it has no hope, no promise that you're going to get better or stronger. But Paul, I mean uh, James says no. The secret to enduring trials is not just standing fast in trials; it's standing fast. In Jesus and remaining in Jesus Christ. So that whatever adversity has come into your life, whatever trials are going through your life, understand these this trial is an opportunity for my faith to get stronger, to develop steadfastness in my life. So I'm going to remain rooted. And grounded in Jesus Christ. We put our roots down into Jesus Christ, right? And we allow Him to strengthen uh, our our faith. So, So we learn to stand firm in the Lord. We remain in Jesus. We don't allow circumstances to move us, we don't allow trials or tribulation to cause us to waver, but we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We keep our eyes. We remain oriented toward Jesus Christ. We hold our faith firm in Jesus Christ, and we remain in Him, knowing that He is going to use that trial, that adversity, whatever it is that we're going through, He's going to use it to grow our faith. We're going to come through it stronger, better on the, on the other side. Amen? Amen. Any um, questions or comments before we, we move on to the application point? So, here's the application point then in your notes. I, wanted, I want you to take a couple of minutes or a minute or so, and then we're going to pray. Here's the application point What trial do you need? The grace to endure, rather than the ability to escape. Because usually, when we're going through trials, that's what we pray for, right? God, get me out (laughs) of this of this trial. And And I'm listen. I'm not saying that's an inappropriate prayer tonight. Like I said, sometimes in God's mercy, He does He gets us out of those trials, and that's a wonderful thing, Amen. But sometimes we go through those trials. And James says there's a blessing in that trial. We can count it joy in that trial because that trial is designed to strengthen our faith, to test our faith, to improve it, to make it stronger so that we can develop steadfastness in our faith so that we can become perfect and mature Christians and believers. And so there's some trials that come into our life that We're not supposed to escape. We're supposed to endure because it makes our faith stronger and better. And so there may be that maybe you're going through some trial or tribulation um, that tonight the Lord will speak to you and say, you know, um, rather than trying to escape that trial, start praying for the grace that you need to endure that trial. Begin to ask Ask him, God, what is it in this trial that you're wanting to teach me? You're wanting to show me. You're wanting to develop in me. Help me to learn that lesson. Help my faith to grow so that I can become stronger and accomplish what you want to do uh, in me through this trial. So if you would, would you just take a couple of seconds and we're going to pray, we're going to ask God to uh, reveal anything to us tonight that he wants to speak to us, and I want you to write it down there, and then we're going to pray over that. Heavenly Father, we thank you that, Lord, you're a loving Heavenly Father, and that, God, your interest is to grow us, to develop us into mature believers, to make us into the image of of your own Son, Jesus Christ. And we recognize tonight that, Lord, sometimes the way that you do that is by allowing trials to come into our life, trials that will test our faith, that will improve our faith. Sometimes, Lord, we're too quick to try to escape the trials that come when we should be praying for the grace that we need to endure those trials. Your Word tells us that we should be Strong in the midst of adversity, and we should be watchful in the midst of trials so that, God, we can be aware of what it is that you want to do in our lives, what you're trying to say to us, what you're trying to accomplish through us, God. And so, Father, make us aware of what it is that you may be trying to do in our life through some of the things that we're facing this week that people in this room are going through, Lord. And Father, we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask Mike to come back to the piano. Mike, if you'd come back to the piano. Pastor Belinda, just a second, we're going to sing that chorus one more time. Lord, you are more precious than silver. Because that's one of the things that God does in the midst of a trial is he makes Jesus Christ more precious to us. So that we can remain rooted and grounded in him. But I want you, where where you're at right now, to just make a place of prayer. You don't have to come to the altar right now, but I want you to bow your head and I want you to spend just a couple of minutes praying through that point what is it that God's saying to you tonight what is it that he's showing you through this passage of scripture this evening, is there something that you've been trying to avoid something that you've been rebelling against and that God's trying to teach you and develop you, do something in your life and just yield yourself to him tonight and say Lord I want you to have your way in my, in my life help me, develop me, grow me Lord so that I can be perfect and mature believer in Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 10:30. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play App Store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.